Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. The animal that I'm going to be talking about today lives deep within the total darkness of the ocean. They have extremely unique adaptations, and you could probably get nightmares just looking at them. Even though they have a face only a mother could love, they're also an amazing example of how organisms evolve to fit their environment. So grab your flashlight, because we're going to a place where no sunlight reaches to talk about anglerfish. Anglerfish are named for their dorsal fin spine that they use to lure prey, making them look like they're fishing. This is probably what sticks out about them most, and don't worry, we'll talk more about this weird protrusion later on in the episode. There are more than 200 species of anglerfish in 11 different taxonomic families, with the majority living deep within the Atlantic and Antarctic oceans. But anglerfish appear in oceans worldwide, with some species living away from the seafloor, which is called being pelagic, and some living close to the seafloor, which we would call benthic. The majority of anglerfish live about a mile below the surface, but there are some that live in tropical, shallow environments of less than 500 feet. Deep sea anglerfish can live up to 6,600 feet below the surface, living their entire lives in the complete absence of sunlight. And what they look like is also dependent on where in the ocean they're found. Their sizes range from the smallest being about 1 to 7 inches long to the largest, which is about 39 inches long. They can also range in color from gray to dark brown depending on the species. But color really isn't that important to many species because they live in areas with very little light. Deep sea species have really large heads, crescent-shaped mouths, and fang-like teeth to better help with catching prey. These adaptations are why the anglerfish is considered an ugly fish. Anglerfish are also considered bony fish because their skeletons are comprised mostly of bone tissue. And they have a pretty surprising lifespan, as they can live to be around 25 years old. All anglerfish, even those living in shallow waters, are carnivorous. Shallow water anglerfish species are ambush predators. Their coloration helps them blend into their environment, and they'll usually hang out on the bottom of the seafloor, trying to pass as a rock or a sea sponge. And when the moment is right, they'll attack without the prey even knowing it was coming. But living in the real depths of the ocean isn't so easy. The deep ocean is extremely vast and dark, meaning there isn't really an abundance of food. And because of these conditions, anglerfish have amazing adaptations in order to catch their prey. The ambush strategy doesn't work when there's not as many fish to prey on, so instead, they bring their prey to them. 
They have that lure that we talked about earlier, and they also have really large mouths and stomachs and long, sharp teeth. All they have to do is sit and wait for their prey to come to them. But let's talk about that lure a little bit. The lure is actually the front spine of their dorsal fin. Its scientific name is the ilicium, and it's located on their head and dangles in front of their face. The ilicium is modified into a fishing rod-shaped appendage, and at the tip, it has a fleshy part that looks like bait, called the esca, which comes from the Latin esca, meaning bait. The fleshy part of some anglerfish's lures is filled with bacteria that they have a symbiotic relationship with. The really cool part about this bacteria is that they're bioluminescent, which means that they naturally glow in the dark. And the anglerfish can actually control when they want their lure to glow or when they want it to stop glowing because they have a muscular skin flap that they can cover when needed, kind of like an eyelid. Something else that's really interesting is that only female anglerfish are bioluminescent, as males don't have an esca, even though they do have an elicium. Male anglerfish don't really need to hunt for their food because their entire purpose in life is just to reproduce, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, there's a lot more really cool stuff to talk about when it comes to the lure and anglerfish reproduction, but first, let's take a quick break. The science word that I want to talk about today is carrying capacity. Carrying capacity is the amount of individuals that can be supported in an ecosystem. For example, in a lake, if the carrying capacity for a certain type of fish is 500, that means that if the population goes over 500, the fish will not have enough resources to survive. Okay, welcome back. So let's keep talking about the lure that anglerfish use to catch their prey. What they'll do is they'll pulse the light by covering and uncovering it with their flap, kind of creating a flashing effect. They'll also move the lure back and forth in order to attract prey like pelagic crustaceans, small fish, squid, and other open ocean sea life. But why does this light attract these animals? Well, it has to do with the fact that they live in areas where it's pretty much completely dark. When there isn't any sunlight, animals need to produce their own type of light. So anglerfish aren't the only animals that bioluminesce. In fact, it's been estimated that 90% of deep ocean organisms produce some kind of light. So their prey could be thinking that they're getting a meal, but instead, they are the meal. And while they're mostly adapted for catching live prey, sometimes it doesn't always come. That's why anglerfish can be opportunistic feeders. They've been observed eating dead fish and other dead wildlife, and dead matter is one of the main things that keeps this ecosystem going. When marine life dies, it sinks down to the bottom of the ocean floor, which provides much-needed food for deep-sea-dwelling carnivores like the anglerfish. Some animals that might sink down to the bottom once they die are small squids, turtles, larger fish, or even birds. And besides food scarcity, anglerfish don't have too much to worry about because they don't have many natural predators. Humans are really the main animals that they have to look out for. 
And if you thought their feeding behavior was weird, wait until you hear about their reproduction. Because there are so many different species, anglerfish reproduction varies. But for the most part, anglerfish live solitary lives until they find a mate. Female anglerfish mature at around age 14, while males mature at around 6 years old, partially due to huge differences in their size. Anglerfish have what's called sexual dimorphism, which means that the sexes of the same species look different from each other. And there's a big difference between the male and the female. In one species, females can grow to be over 7 inches long, while the males are only 1 inch long. Scientists believe that one of the reasons why females have escas that glow in the dark is to attract a mate. Males can also sense if a female is nearby by following a trail of her pheromones. Because males are much smaller than females, when a male finds a female mate, he'll literally latch onto her body by biting it, and he'll stay there for the rest of his life. He pretty much becomes a parasitic mate because their attachment is so strong. When he attaches, he releases enzymes that fuse his mouth to her skin. After this, their bloodstreams are connected as one, and he eventually loses his eyes and internal organs. So basically, he gets all of his nutrients from her. A female is able to carry around six males on her body, but they have been observed with more. When the female anglerfish is ready to breed with the male, the male is already present to be able to fertilize her eggs due to the attachment. Females only mate once a year, and the male can provide her with the sperm whenever she wants to mate. When the eggs are fertilized, she lays what is called an egg raft, which is like a jelly-like combination of connected eggs that can be 10 to 25 centimeters wide that float on the surface of the water. They can contain anywhere from 300,000 to 2 million eggs. And the development of these eggs can be influenced by temperature, with faster growth happening at warmer temperatures, but they generally hatch at around three weeks. The baby anglerfish will hatch and then grow at a rate of 13 millimeters per year, and eventually they'll migrate back into the deeper ocean waters when they're mature. And at the end of that, females develop their lures and they'll attract mates of their own and start the cycle again. And the parents don't care for the offspring because they're completely independent when they're born. Okay, let's take our last break. And when we get back, we'll learn about some more behaviors and figure out why they're important to the ecosystems that they live in. Let's see if you can answer this trivia question right. Which fish species has the largest brain? A, a great white shark, B, a sunfish, C, a whale shark, or D, a manta ray? The answer is D, a manta ray. A manta ray's brain can be up to 10 times bigger than a whale shark's. Okay, we're back. So not only are the bioluminescent lures used for feeding purposes or attracting mates, but they can also be used for signaling other individuals. And if needed, they can even use the lure to distract predators, but they don't need to do that very often. 
they've also been known to interact with other species of anglerfish. Anglerfish that are more active during the day have been observed coexisting with other anglerfish species that are more active at night. And scientists believe that they hold different activity levels in order to avoid competition. They've been observed protecting specific territories, but they also have the ability to travel really far distances to feed and to mate. Now, one question you still may be asking is, if it's so dark where they live, how do they even know if there's anything around them? Well, they have what's called a lateral line system, or a system of organs that help them sense their surroundings through vibrations and water pressure. And you can actually see this lateral line system across the middle of their body. Because most anglerfish species live in the deep ocean, they rarely have meaningful interactions with other organisms. But they do help with waste reduction, as they can eat dead animal matter that floats to the bottom. And even though they aren't helping other animal species that much, they are still important to the health of the ecosystem and other types of organisms. For example, when we were talking about the lore that anglerfish have that's bioluminescent, I said what helps them glow is the bacteria that they have a symbiotic relationship with. In fact, they're the host to around 50 different types of organisms. These relationships with other organisms could be parasitic or mutualistic, meaning both species benefit. And there's research that supports the fact that some bacteria have become so reliant on the anglerfish that throughout time, they've lost a lot of genes. This means that now they can't survive without the anglerfish. So even though it might not seem this way, anglerfish are important to other species. One of the biggest threats to anglerfish is climate change. Because the temperature of the deep ocean rarely changes, anglerfish are probably not able to adapt to the large changes that are coming. So as the oceans warm, they could start to die out. With climate change also comes unpredictable and changing weather events. El Nino events are happening at different times than they're supposed to happen, and when this occurs, it causes anglerfish to float to the surface of the water and get too hot. Another problem is unsustainable fishing. People around the world eat anglerfish, and if they're fished too much, it could cause some serious problems for their populations. In order to help protect anglerfish and the environments that they live in, you should check out the Deep Sea Conservation Coalition, the Ocean Agency, and the Wildlife Conservation Society. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of anglerfish. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at onwildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's On Wildlife. listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. Mm-hmm.